Hello and welcome to the Rise and Thrive Show podcast. I'm Erin Warhol and I'm here with Mary Hayes Greco. Hello again, everybody. Yeah, Mary, we have really had a great time connecting lately as we've been going through your My Beautiful Life class, which is an online class Saturday mornings. And then we, you and I come back together after a little break and kind of review and reconsider the, the whatever you've been teaching in the class. Get into some of the fine points mm -hmm. or the, oh, I wish I'd got around to saying that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's always one of those for me. Yeah, I was I was saying we aren't we, we aren't reconsidering it like, oh wait, you said something wrong. I was gonna say rehash. Uh savor. Savor. <laughs> savor. Maybe we want to savor some of these concepts because they're yummy. They we really are. Talk about them in a lot of circumstances. Yeah, and so in recent weeks we've been talking about intuition. And last week we put out a podcast about the different types of intuition. And then also you went through kind of the common blocks that people have to intuition. So this week we want to talk about different ways and strategies that you can incorporate more intuition into your daily life. Yes, let's do that. Okay. Uh, as we were saying a few minutes ago to each other, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a personal passion and a personal study that some of us get into. Mm -hmm. I remember when I got into it many years ago, I realized, you know, I am, I think, what they call intuitive. Mm -hmm. And I think a whole lot of what I do is based on subtle things. And I'd kind of like to know more about how this works. And I made a study of it for, oh, three to five years, I was all about it, all thinking about it and practicing different things and went to visit a bunch of different psychics and saw how they worked <laughs> and saw, saw what I, you know, what I believe is is good or weird. And, you know, I just made, made a study of it. And I think now it's like one of my best friends. My mm. intuition is like my best friend because it makes life so uh, safe and flowy. If you really get comfortable with your intuition, you you get this sense of like, oh, what will this day bring? Yeah. <laughs> and you, you step into a flow that is not limited by your, your brainy plans. You know, I mm -hmm. still make brainy plans, but uh, my intuition really prioritizes how they come about and how I focus on them. Oh, that's, that's really great to hear. And I think, you know, as I think back to when I first started seri more seriously courting my intuitive abilities, um, it was always kind of there in the background, but really haphazard, you know, <laughs> kind of <laughs> random. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know a lot about it. And then I would get a piece of intuition and then maybe it would bear out you know, something important or keep me safe or something like that. And then I would kind of like, overreact and freak out and you know either say, be like, oh that's weird that's yeah. crazy oh how did that happen yeah so it was like it, it, I guess if it's if you talk about being in a relationship with your intuition you know I'm surprised my intuition didn't just drop me after <laughs> I didn't break up with you for those... being dissed so yeah. often because being... I was just so confused about it you know I I wanted to know more and I I was interested and intrigued 
but it was very much just sort of like a slingshotting back and forth or, you know, oh, oh, I'm into this. Oh, I'm over. I'm overly into this. Oh, I'm afraid of this. Oh, this is too scary. You know, just right. And that. there's too little guidance about it. Mm -hmm. You know, we when we grow up and go to school, we learn how to take care of our teeth. We learn how to do math. We learn how to drive a car. But we're not really taking classes in junior high or high school about how to uh, run your life, how mm -hmm. to, how to uh, discern your intuition and practice with it. That's yeah. just not a happening thing. And yet, isn't it the thing that kids want to talk about <laughs> late oh, at for night? Sure. And they're hanging out, want to explore those, those spooky stories. Because I think at that certain age, uh, we also get interested in the life of the invisible the mm. spirit world and that's why you know young people love ghost stories and they love storytelling about the the weird unexplained things and um, this is all part of the fun and the mystery of being alive is um, knowing that there's a whole lot of the world that is invisible you can't see that there are presences that are helpful that you know that it's kind of natural mm -hmm. to uh, have an understanding that there is a life of spirit too yeah. And, you know, so as you talk about that, what I'm thinking about is how um, maybe it's the time that we're in, Mary, or maybe the time of me coming of age in the 1980s and the 1990s and just the prevalence of modern thinking that, oh, we're scientific. Oh, we're, we're rational. We can study things and have evidence-based information for how we do things. And just sort of how that just really kind of took, seemed to take precedence over mm -hmm. other ways of knowing, other ways of making decisions about how you, how you live your life, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, there, I think there's a long arc of history that we are in relationship to unconsciously. And, you know, in, in the earlier centuries, some centuries ago, there was a lot of interaction with the spirit world and with, you know, subtle things. But then there was the whole oppression by the church mm -hmm. around, uh, oh, you can't be hearing voices because what if you're hearing the devil? Oh, mm -hmm. you know, the devil spoke to them. That's why this weird thing happened. And, and you know, people suffered a lot for having their own mystical life. And then sci science grew up in reaction to that. Science grew mm -hmm. up in, uh, you know, rebellion to that overly superstitious church. So uh, I think for a while then, science was suspicious of anything that was of the invisible life or of something that couldn't be counted and controlled and proven. Well, and, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up, Mary, because in, in some ways, I think that explains just some of the difficulty people have communicating right now where we can communicate constantly on social media and people coming at it from all these different levels and all these different frameworks. And, you know, it's sort of par for the course that, that we're going to misunderstand each other, you know, and I really don't want to get into it, but especially in the last two years with going through a pandemic and what do we know? What does science tell us? What can we learn from science? How should this be weighted? How, how can people make decisions about how to conduct themselves? And, you know, there's sort of like this whole stew of, of how do we think things through? How do we know things? What, what are our ethical responsibilities? All this, it's just been a big, hairy mess. Yes, <laughs> it really has. And yet, 
As a person, we each have a tool in our toolbox, which is our own intuition, which we can draw on and learn about and grow in. And so mm -hmm. let's, let's just pick up our conversation there. And yes, where I like to think of the rational scientific mind and the intuitive uh, wise spiritual mind are like the king and the queen mm. sitting on the throne of the mind as equals. Mm -hmm. and that they govern our our landscape, they govern the kingdom as equals. And sometimes we really have to reach for the data and, and the facts and the studies, and other times we have to follow intuition in terms of certain circumstances. So, Mary, let's review a little bit about what you talked about in the class today. Yeah. So we kind of went further down the, the road with intuitive experiences in class today. I talked about how intuition is related to our creativity, how it is the muse, it is the source of our inspiration and of content, essential content in our creations, things that we make with art. That's an intuitive process. We talked about our a relationship with what I call the invisible, with a capital I, uh, the invisible world, the spectrum of human life that spans beyond this life that uh, includes uh, spirits, the spirit realm. So we talked about the difference between different kinds of spirit relationships we might end up having at some point uh, from that of the the random ghost that was left over in your house that you had to figure out how to get them to move on to the sense that you have a guide, someone with their hand on your shoulder who is guiding you in wise ways and kind of whispering in your ear and giving you good information in your dreams and things like that to the, the presence of, I, I would think of them as shepherds, the great master beings, the master spirits who are guiding humanity as a whole into its awakening into a better version of ourselves. So the great ones, the saints, the masters, to angels and um, the elemental world, the subtle nature spirits that inform wild places and that keep the earth healthy. And we talked, so we talked a bit about, well, what's the lore around angels? How do you work with angels? Are they real? Uh, and how, how can you, how can you make use of the fact that there are friends that you can't see, your invisible friends? Mm -hmm. So we talked about that. And that also brings up the issue around maybe you've had plenty of these subtle experiences over time in your life. Uh, one study shows that 68% of adult Americans have really believe that they were visited by the soul of a loved one who had passed mm -hmm. on. They, they really saw them, heard them, felt them, knew that they were there. 68%, that's, that's two-thirds. That's a really high number. Yeah, it's a really high number of people who have had a spirit experience that they probably didn't tell a lot of people about. Mm -hmm. They probably didn't, like, you know, put that out on their social media the next morning because they don't want to be thought to be really weird. So, so we talked a little bit about that, too, how to be aware of the, the subtle world, the invisible world, to be extra perceptive, extra sensitive in your, your perceptions. Some people are afraid of showing much of that because mm -hmm. uh, we have stereotypes about it. So we talked about that and gave people a lot of permission to talk freely about their experiences with their cohorts because they wouldn't be judged. And uh, I think it adds richness and dimension and 
uh, magic to our, our experience of life. So we talked about also what I call the magical earth, our relationship with animals and sources and forces in nature, our relationship with trees, my relationship with crows, uh, and the, the whole uh, world of animal gifts that we discover what if we get around shamanism at all, that the, the power animals that help people claim new strengths. So we were dipping into all that stuff quite fearlessly today. Yes. <laughs> I think yeah. people appreciate a chance to talk about it in a coherent way, not just like late at night after everyone's had a few. <laughs> yeah. And I think the the word that stuck out to me when you were when I was listening to you today uh, talk about that was relational. You know, mm -hmm. thinking yeah. about um, what is your relationship to the world around you? And what is that? What is your relationship to your internal, um, your internal self, your internal experience? And both of those are super important. And we can always decide to kind of pay closer attention, maybe, or just increase our perception or awareness. Yeah, kind of wake up to what's already there. Yeah. And um, allowing it to touch our hearts and to lift our spirits. Yeah, I so we we were talking a lot too about just how do you incorporate this into your everyday life and I feel like I've been on a whole path about that from what I what I started saying where you know initially it was strange and I'd overreact or get scared but I you know I know that intuition is part of the creative process and I work in a creative field and I work with a lot of people I am creative and I work with creatives and so, you know, there's skill that you can develop around that and awareness is part of that. And I went through a time where I, I was working with some people, we were creating different programs and films and, and I had this sort of mantra that said, you know, we are joyfully co-creating with spirit. Mm, nice. And, yeah, thank you. I just loved that. I embraced it. I, I said, that's what we're doing. I bet it really amped up the the grace and the luck with everything you were doing it did although it was a whole path because it sounds good and people say it but we're also human beings with all of our different you know humanness and so just because you say that's what you're doing doesn't mean that everything's you know everything sings and unfolds in a beautiful way it's it it just means that you're looking at maybe a larger palette and that was I'm thinking of one particular time when it was a big project of a filmmake, filmmaking and my colleague and friend Sayer and I said, we're going to make this film and we're going to joyfully co-create with spirit. And immediately, uh, you know, things went awry. <laughs> and I would say that part of what I learned about that was that if you're trying to take into account what spirit has to say about what you're doing and what you're, what you're intending, how does spirit say that? How does spirit communicate? And I found it to be disruption to my plans was off in the way. Um, an it's accident. like spirit says, oh, I have a better idea. Exactly. exactly. You, you don't understand this yet. And it looks like a mess to you because I'm disrupting your idea. But actually, yeah. I have a better idea. Yeah, and I, I, it took me, it took a lot of training on my part um, and a lot of self-discipline to go, okay, no. No, Aaron, don't just <laughs> assume that you're suddenly not co-creating with spirit because 
things are going awry, try to broaden out your perspective, try to broaden out how you're seeing this so that if you are co-creating with spirit, maybe exactly there's a better way to do this or there's something you haven't thought of. And, you know, that was, that was interesting and it, it, it worked pretty well. And, and I would say that now at, at my age and where I am in my career, it's pretty well, it, my intuition is pretty well integrated into my process mm. um, to the point where I can say to my colleagues, I had a dream about this. And so what do you think if we try it this way? And, you know, people are like, okay. <laughs> okay, well, that that makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. I hadn't and thought it, of it, but. If they have a problem with it, I, I haven't gotten pushback on that, but maybe they just wait till they're off the Zoom and then they can roll their eyes or whatever. But I, I don't really care. At I doubt it because you are the soul <laughs> of sensibility, Erin. You're so sensible and grounded and professional. I think that you could get away with that. Yeah, I, I I think it works out well, and I I do when when we when I'm working with a team or something and, and something goes wrong, I I do tend to lean forward, and instead of immediately trying to put it back together, I'll go I'll say I wonder what this is here to tell us, mm-hmm. and and see if there's some new idea trying to make its way in, mm-hmm. and I that is you know. I love working that way, Mary. I, I love being able to confront the world with that sort of attitude and just sort of an ease to it, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, how I felt when I was younger, when I was just freaking out. We're just right. forcing yeah. our ideas mm-hmm. on situations and eager to prove ourselves and eager to be thought well of and all mm-hmm. of that. Maybe you could talk a little bit about you know, what your observations are, what your experiences are, as you've integrated intuition and your life with the invisibles into your daily life? Hmm. Well, I, I'm kind of fortunate in that regard, because I found a way of framing what this is long ago, when I was writing essays about spirituality and everyday life. And I, I was writing one essay a month for this local journal. And I, I didn't really think I was writing a book. I didn't know I was writing a book. I was just writing things that I was trying to figure out. And one night I was meditating and down from the ceiling of my mind's eye, like down from the top of my head into my forehead, scrolled these words like movie credits, you know, and it said, the kitchen mystic. Mm. And I'm like, oh, the kitchen mystic. That's, that's, cute that's me that's that's what i do i'm i'm a mystic and i'm i'm at home i'm practical i'm doing i'm raising kids i'm cooking dinner and i see god in onions you know <laughs> i love onions so much because i see like the whole like a mandala a whole world of mm. beauty in an onion i was always driving my family members crazy slicing into an onion and then holding it up to the light and saying, look, <laughs> look at this one. Oh, this one is so cool. Look, I was a little green sprout in the middle. And they're like, yeah, that's nice, Mary. You know, they didn't get God in onions, but I did. So calling myself the kitchen mystic, because then I got discovered by a book company and they said, oh, we like your writing. And I said, I think I've got a title, the kitchen mystic. They said, oh yeah, that's cute. That's good. That works. So it gave me a way of just saying, okay, here I am. I'm out of the closet. 
It was a little less charged than saying I'm a psychic, which is probably also true. But you lose half the room. I probably just lost half the room right now. But <laughs> you lose half the room if you say you're a psychic. But if you say you're a mystic, well, it maybe is a little softness around that. I don't know. So I, you know, I, I stepped into those shoes consciously because uh, it just explained a lot of how I live. And so... I don't apologize. It's it's my jam. It's what mm -hmm. I enjoy. I love intuition. I love interfacing with nature and the spirit world. And I I love magical experiences that can not be explained in usual terms. Love, love, love it. And I think there's enough people waking up these days to a wider uh, consciousness, a wider landscape of self that I have found plenty of good company. So so I don't experience too much uh, stress or distress about it anymore. I'm just walking in it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, well, if you don't like it, it's, that's just, you can just think that's sort of a funny notion Mary has and you don't <laughs> have to judge me harshly. You know, just they say that I'm crazy. You just like, oh yeah, that's, that was whimsical. That was imaginative of her. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, it's okay. So I don't know. I just made my peace with it ages ago when, when all that was happening. It seems to me like everything in the world is getting more light and air on it. Uh, mm -hmm. In terms of, we can talk about things, you know, we can bring things up, we can explore different things. And so I don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, I want to, I want to bring up something else that you talked about in class today, which was this notion of, of the benevolent, the benevolent universe. The yes, world. that was that. That was an answer to people's question around. Well, how do I, how do I develop intuition more fearlessly? Mm. How do I be brave about doing this? And I uh, shared that when I was really developing my um, trust in intuition, uh, I was also developing my trust in the universe, in life itself, that. I found it necessary to step away from a vision of the universe that is like a battle between good and evil because that makes you scared of being perceptive. You know, you get, there's all these scary movies you grew up with and the, and the idea from the um, old church that you can't be listening to voices because the devil is going to get you, you know, that whole, that whole fear thing. So I, at a certain point, decided, you know what, I, I am choosing a belief now, that is going to shape my experience differently. I am choosing to believe that the universe is kindly and good, that it is benevolent. And therefore, the things that are unfolding in my day and my relationship with life are good. They're benevolent. Even if there's maybe some pain or there's maybe some loss or maybe there's things didn't turn out the way I preferred, uh, it's all good. You know, it's kind of what people are saying these days. It's all good. It's, it's a way of saying benevolent universe. It's all good. And it gives us a way then of not feeling stress and distress around things unfolding in ways we don't understand. We'll say, well, I don't get it, but it's all good. So cultivating a belief and, a, a, and trust in life's goodness helps us be braver about perceiving everything, everything that is there to perceive and helps us understand that our our heightened perceptions are in service to our growth mm 
and to our our bliss if you will that you know to to get closer and closer to to um, God and the state that God is inviting humans to is to get more and more bliss flowing into your daily life experiences and that's something to dare because most of us haven't been raised to seek that we've been raised to be good hard workers or uh, you know some version of a, a, a good person who tries hard but it, as we get more into the flow of our true life our real from inside out life uh, we experience more bliss because life is ministering to us and giving us what we need just the way we need it yeah that's there's a so much there mary and it's it's interesting to think about how when you decide what you're putting your attention on which is the world is a benevolent place um that orients you in a certain way it puts you it puts you in a certain framework and then orients you toward toward what you're going to see more of. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that there aren't terrible things that happen, bad things, terrible things, horrific things, evil things. It's just what you're talking about is shifting out of a, a maybe a binary of good versus evil. Everything's good versus evil. And instead going, well, where's the good? You know, where's the good? Where's here? the good? And, mm -hmm. and let's see the good. And we really have to make a strong effort at doing that if we are at all involved with media and social media <laughs> because there's so much emphasis on what's dysfunctional and yeah. what's toxic and what's wrong and what's crazy and what's mm -hmm. stupid and you know if we if we really get our uh, evidence about humans from those sources then there's cause for despair <laughs> yeah. whereas if you really allow yourself to be direct and present with people in your day, people you meet at the post office mm -hmm. and people you, you, you know, just bump shoulders with, if you are walking in an attitude of goodwill, like I am good, you are good, life is good, it's all good, it's mm -hmm. a benevolent universe, you're carrying a certain energy around that invites that to be met by other people and you get more and more positive feedback about humans and um, it's direct. It's mm -hmm. a direct experience. It's not filtered through someone else's outrage about something that happened to them. So I think uh, it's really important to develop our own cosmology and our own sense of, of respecting and liking and loving people by being in the world directly with, with an attitude of goodwill that shapes your experience. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I, I can see, I mean, it takes a little bit, but I can see how if you want to access your intuition and you want to access just sort of the help that's there for you, the support of life unfolding in a good mm -hmm. way for you, it is, there. that is a faith walk, right? I mean, that is like a, a decision of, I'm going to trust, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to trust because I feel like it sets, it's my best bet. And it's the way that I access all the goodness that's, you know, here guiding me. And then hopefully it's a way that I can access what, what I, how I encounter other people. And hopefully it's a way that I contribute to mm -hmm. the collective energy. Hopefully it's a way that I bring some more of that possibility around to other people. Mm, that's great.
Yeah, it's so interesting. These all these topics like in your self mastery course and and all of the tools in your toolbox. Intuition is one of them. Forgiveness is another. Boundaries is another. Subtle energy. They all like they all come they they sort of dance with each other and come they connect to each other in unexpected ways that I I'm always sort of amazed at how that works. They are all connected. Uh, they're just all different aspects of this faceted jewel of um, a masterful whole self that we're trying to become. So yes, one leads to the next in the mastery toolbox. And so coming up next week on your class, your My Beautiful Life class, you st we're starting another mo another four-week module, another yes. four-week run. Mm -hmm. And this is With all a focus about... on self-love, a oh, focus okay. on really being happy about you mm -hmm. and learning how to deal with the things that uh, challenge your happiness about you. So uh, the first class we'll be talking about dealing with perfectionism. And judging ourselves harshly which a lot of people do and learning how to make our joy in self and others and life a priority even though we're so not perfect mm -hmm. and they're so not perfect and it's so not perfect how to make a priority of joy and acceptance as we navigate our circumstances that we might otherwise be frustrated with and we'll also be talking about when you love yourself, how you when you love and accept yourself, how it's easier for you to be healthy with other people. Oh yeah. Healthy intimacy, healthy vulnerability with others that make your relationships um deep and growthful and uh nourishing. And so that'll be one of those classes as well as uh self forgiveness and um acceptance and confidence. So it's gonna be yummy delicious module on self-love it starts next <laughs> next saturday at uh saturday the 12th uh in the morning central time 10 central time and people are welcome to sign up for that we're kind of like putting the pushing the reset button and starting a new round with a lot of the same students and a few new ones and so uh, it's easy to get involved you just get on my website maryhayesgreco.com or forgivenesstraining.com on the home page you'll see a link that'll take you to how to sign up for the my beautiful life class oh that's great and then i just i wanted to mention this too before we close out that we have earlier podcast episodes that we've done on intuition developing your intuition the invisible world so if you look deeper into your feed and your podcast feed you can find some of those if you're interested in um there's a lot of your great stories in there, Mary. I'm bursting. I'm yeah. bursting with stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank so. you for giving me a microphone, Erin. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because otherwise I'd be kind of congested and constipated. Like I'm just like full up to we hear with stories that. I need to talk about. Yeah, we can't have that. Air. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun. And this is another great topic to, to explore and to think about. And I'm looking forward to my week and just imagining and wondering how the benevolent universe is going to speak to me in various ways <laughs> yes maybe you'll wake up in the morning and find yourself in in the benevolent universe yeah you'll wake up and go wow i'm so lucky i'm here mm -hmm. i'm here in the universe Woohoo! what kind of goodness <laughs> is going to happen today <laughs> that sounds great well thanks mary thanks Bye. thank you erin talk See you to next you later time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.